Uh, all right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree on a Hill. I'm your host, Jared Waters, stand-up comedian, writer, whatever you want to call me, two-time wrestling champ. Good to see everybody again. Uh, forgive me for this podcast being delayed, but there was the holidays, folks, and it was the holidays. So I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Shout out to everyone who emailed me who didn't have nothing to do on Thanksgiving. Uh, please find a family. And to the people who were, you know, isolating from their family, I, I totally agree during these times. Uh, before we start this podcast, we like to say rest in peace to Kenny Ortega. Uh, Kenny Ortega is a stand-up comedian who hails uh, from New York City. Uh, this guy is probably like maybe 300 or 400 pounds. Uh, and I'm probably one of, the, one of the guys you met in New York City who were already established but took the time to say to say hello and say, you know, what's up? And, you know, he really gave the game to a lot of the Latino comics, but... Like, when you asked him a question, he would answer it. Uh, we did Broadway Comedy Club a lot of times together, and he said this joke about being fat and pooping on himself and, <laughs> like, having a chicken nugget inside there and have to get it out. And uh, it was very, just very, very unique, uh, hard worker. Uh, wasn't jaded by the business. And uh, it's sad to see him. he had COVID. Maybe, like, maybe three weeks ago, everybody was doing a GoFundMe, so we donated to the GoFundMe. And, uh, you know, it was, he was fighting for his life, and uh, he just lost his life. So today, uh, December 1st, uh, he is no longer with us, but rest in peace to Kenny Ortega. Also, we want to say rest in peace uh, to my dear friend, Christine Gerde, she's a Haitian woman. We worked together. We worked together for the past three years, the past three to four years. Christine was sweet, chubby cheeks, big teeth, little teeth, and uh, literally... I get a I get a text uh Saturday Sunday night before I'm doing the show. It's from uh a Carla girl I work with. She's like, uh, do you know Christine? I said, Yeah, I love Christine. She goes, Christine just died. I said, What? She goes, She did she died this morning. So I don't know any like uh I don't know any details right now I'm asking, but you know, her close friends, the girls I work there, they're they're devastated. You know, I called them and literally, you know, you can never say anything but she went to my our, our mutual friend's baby shower, and they had the time of their lives. She's saying how they had so much time, how they said that much they loved each other, and the next day she died. So, like, you look at life different, man. Life is completely too short. You don't never know when you're going to go, so you got to make these moments last. You got to make sure that you, you make it right. Not even make it right, but you got to make sure that the impact that you make on somebody is a lifetime. And, and you know, lifetime, lifetime. I don't know what I'm trying to say. The impact you make on people are like a life are, are worth a lifetime. What I'm saying. So if you ever get the opportunity, man, if someone that you quarrel with or someone that you really want to speak to or you never found the time to call and never find the text, freaking do it, man. Or you'll be on that Facebook page saying, "I wish I could have said this. I wish I could have said this. I wish I could have did that." Take the opportunity to spread love while you can, you know. Uh, but that is uh. That's, uh, you know, start a, you know, you can't start the podcast with, uh, you know, that so heavy. But at the same time, this is, this is a time capsule of me. This is what, what's happening. Uh, we last left off was on a Tuesday. It was on a Tuesday, last Tuesday. That's what happened. Uh, so last Tuesday, I um, Thanksgiving was great. I'll just go straight to my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was great. Uh, left, came down to Florida and... It's easy to get spoiled here, man. Good weather, good people. It's it's easy to get spoiled here. But I'll I'll go back to 
I'll go back to before I got to Florida. So uh, Tuesday night, I was going to Jared Schwartz show. Jared Schwartz, a.k.a. Little Jared. I'm the, I think they call me Big Jared. There's the White Jared. And there's another Jared named Jared Harvin. Super funny kid. Not a kid. He's a man. He's 24. You know, he's a man. Funny thing, but a hustler. A hustler, you know, he's got, got, got some good backing, knows how to finesse. He's not scared anymore. He really understands his 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 he understands his lane and he understands how to stay in his lane and he's working on getting that feature 30 minute set you know it'll come with time beating the road up will come with time but right now he's building his fan base and building up his brand which is amazing he does a show called mama's boy i did the first one and i did the last one i did the first one it was at his house in staten island i drove all the way out there it was packed out and then the last show before the pandemic was his show and i closed out that show and then this show, I closed out. This show last past Tuesday. Dope audience. They do it in Little Italy at Joey's Cafe uh, right there. It's it's amazing. Not too many people there. Socially distanced. People got masks on. Just a dope show. Me and Napoleon. And uh, just Jared just just really rolled the road, road stops for us. And uh, then after that, I went to Training Day Comedy, which is my comedy show I do with Matthew Arvello. And it was just one of those nights where you're just like... I try not to get frustrated with him, but sometimes I get frustrated with him like I'm his dad. I'm not his dad because his dad is. So I've been, like I said, throughout these past week, I've been working on him with professionalism, professionalism, professionalism. You can't ask to be on all these shows when you don't carry, take care of your own show. You can't say, why am I not this, when you're not putting the work in, you know? There's a lot of comics that live in Connecticut and everything else. When they come to the city, they beat the pavement. you got to put the time in. You can't skip steps. You can't skip steps at all. So, you know, he's uh, bumping heads with, you know, his his household and stuff like that. He's a 20-year-old kid, you know. He's 20-year-old, so he does boneheaded stuff and doesn't listen all the time. And sometimes you have to tell him stuff three different times to just tell him to listen once. So uh, our show starts at 7 o'clock, 6.15, 6.05. I hit him up. I was like, hey, I'm at the park. Uh, let's start doing, you know, setting up for the show. Sorry, I can't make it. I said, it's an hour before the show. Why can't you make it? Family emergency, which is a lie because I know if family emergency happened, it wouldn't happen an hour before comedy show something else happened. But you lied to me, right? I'm, I'm, I've been in this game a long time. So it goes, I'm going to message everybody and cancel the show. I was like, don't do that. I got it. Don't worry about anything. And this is a testament of just me as a stand-up comic in my community. I hit up uh, Julio. No answer. I hit up uh, Khalil. No answer. I was like, hey, man, I'm in I'm in Philly. What's up, dog? How you doing? I was like, nah, this ain't the time to just be talk, shooting the breeze. Uh, are you in the city? No. I hit up Mike Lee. Mike Lee is the guy I do the show with on Saturdays. It's called uh, uh, Laughter on Sunday. I don't even know what my show's called on Saturdays. It's pretty much Training Day and Comedy Queens. He runs Comedy Queens. I run Training Day. And we bonded together to do a Saturday show in Astoria Park. I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, are you booked tonight? He goes, no, I'm not booked tonight. I said, uh, can you bring your speakers and your lights? Now, mind you, his lights and speakers probably aren't charged, but luckily, he said, God willing, he's charged. He goes, hey, I'm actually on the lower east side. It'll take me 45 minutes to get to the park. I said, dope. If you can get to the park, man, I truly would appreciate it, man. I just need a, I need a speaker, and I need some lights, and if you just got your mic. The good thing about this pandemic is just everyone has equipment on them, right? And uh, recently, I was just like, hey, Matthew, take the lights, everything else. We'll meet back up at the park. But now I'm just like, now I know I can't leave nothing with him because, you know, you never know what will happen with him, right? So uh, let's cancel the show. I'm not going to cancel the show. We got Eva Evans coming. Eva Evans is a dope comic. You know, we already paid her. You know, we want you know we want to roll the red carpet out for her. 
But uh, we set up our show of chairs, right? So there's chairs all over the park, but the chairs are in his car. So I'm like, all right, Jared, first of all, let's calm down, calm down, think on your feet. This is a park. Look around the park. I go to the park. I was like, oh, there's some steps. These steps are dry. This is where the show is going to be right here. It's lit up so we can point to the people and say, hey, this, this show's right here. Mike pulls up, got to everything else. Kevin Bourne pulls up. He's on the show. And I was like, hey, he said, I brought my speaker just in case. I was like, boom, cool. So it's getting around 7.10, 7.20. People start showing up. A lot of people start showing up. We got a freaking show. I hosted myself. Mike do some stage time, everything else. And that's when I realized this guy, Mike Lee, really got some stones. You know, got some stones. So after that, I hit up Matthew. I was like, look, man, tell me the truth. What the freak happened, man? Kicked out of my house, da 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 And then, you know, as calm, I was like, how are you going to get grounded at 20? But I told him, I was like, look, man, we can help you, but you can't lie to me and pretend like I haven't been in this game for a while. I know what it's like. I've had strict parents before. But what I'm telling you is you have to show people that you're serious about a craft. You can't be halfway in. You can't be like, I'm missing Thursday night because I'm chilling with this chick. That's, that's not, that's not, that's not, there's someone else working harder than you for that. So then... I was like, well, you know what, moving forward, I just got to find, you know, I, I got these other shows coming up, and I don't want anything to be stressful, you know. It's stressful when you're trying to put your hustle into someone who's not ready for it, you know. I can't listen to a comic tell me all the stuff that he hasn't done yet when you haven't put the work in. I was like, I, I was like that. I was that young comedian before wondering, like, What's going to happen? When's this going to happen? Instead of me just like, I'm going to put my head down, stay focused, outwork everybody else, and then the blessings start coming. That's how I had to realize it, you know? But, uh, you know, I got a couple shows inside. I'm about to move training day inside. And hopefully he stays on board. If not, you know, I got so many other comics that want to work with me. You know, I want to work with him because I think he's the best out of the youngest class. He's not better than me, clearly not, but... <laughs> But I think that, you know, if he was the one to understand, if he ever the dots connect with him, there's the sky's the limit. You could hit hard at 20 instead of hitting hard at 30 or hitting hard at, you know, the better the way you get at it now because you have a life story. A lot of 20-year-olds don't have a lot to talk about. But he can actually talk through a lot because he's been through a lot to be at the age of 20. So that was uh, training day Wednesday night. Thursday, me and my lady catch our flights. We catch, we go to, we go to, yeah, we go to, yeah, we, we catch, we come to Tampa. My brother picks us up, and it's dope. It's me, my sister, and my brother, and we just we just all had a good time. I met my brother's baby for the first time. Her name's Amaya, and she didn't cry at all. The only time she cried is when she was hungry, and we all just had a good time. We, what did we do for Thanksgiving? We played uh, Phase 10, Phase 10, just tons of, just tons of food, man, just freaking <laughs> tons of food. Excuse me, I'm still feeling it right now, eating freaking, uh, what did my baby sister make? Red velvet cake. My sister Candace made macaroni. Uh, and then we just chill. We all, she, my sister lost 100 pounds, so she looks completely different. Uh, my other sister, she, she just bought a house. So it's like good being around my family. My brother's doing well. So just good seeing everybody doing well. My lady came out. We we're all just all chilling. And then Friday, you know, I know they're kind of, I did, went to side splitters, did some shows there. It doesn't feel right me being in Tampa and not working, you know? Like I just hate, not going to say I hate, just sitting down and relaxing, but I love sitting down and relaxing, but I like, I love stand-up. I like, I love, this is like what my heart is, you know? So if I would have been here for a full week of not doing stand-up, I would have been like, my stomach would have hurt. So I go Friday night, 
and the comic that I'm working with, his name is Steve Simone. Dope dude from L.A., uh, originally from Philly, from L.A. Uh, just the comedy store is completely different. Like, California comics are completely different than, like, New York comics because they have, like, a... They have a camaraderie... 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 I don't know what the word I'm trying to say. Camaraderie... Camaraderie... What the freak is up with my words? Camaraderie... Camaraderie... Hold on, Siri. All right, Siri, how do you... Siri... Siri... Camaraderie. Camaraderie. What am I saying? Camaraderie? Camaraderie. They got a good camaraderie amongst L.A. comics where they're all at the comedy store. And the comedy store, I've never been. But I, haven't, I haven't been as a comic, but I've never been. But it's like, a, it's like a clubhouse, meaning that comics that are on the top of the food chain can be talking to somebody on the bottom of the food chain because you guys are walking through the same hallways. There's different, there's different like, you know, parts of it and different everything else. But in New York, there's... 15 clubs. The comedy cellar, you can't really hang out like that unless you're buying food because it's not a clubhouse. It's just like this, the stage is downstairs. Upstairs is a working restaurant, and you just can't hang if you're just eating wings and stuff. The waitresses really don't like that. The stand, still not, still kind of like a like a membership-only club. You could be there, but at the same time, they're like, hey, do you work here? Can you please back up? Uh, you know, it's like that. You know, but in the comedy store, it's just like it's a, it's a, it's a safe haven, I guess. My boy will tell me, Jonas, he lives out in L.A. and says, you know, what's going on, so it's good. So Steve moved to Tampa, Steve Simone, and he goes, like, nothing's happening in L.A. I moved to Tampa to take care of my parents and, you know, beat the road up. And there's just a lot of work out here in Florida. And he's a clean comic. He's he's not that dirty. I noticed he didn't curse at all. He just tells funny stories about being in a big Italian family, and he did This Is Not Happening, and every time I dropped his name, gas stores, like, y'all, he was shooting my, when I shot mine, he shot his. And he was just dope with telling stories. And he's the type of comic that'll sit there and watch your set. To see, you know, he's watching my set. And he goes, dude, you did this, you did this. And we're just dope, just us bonding and stuff. And so we did that Friday night. We did one show Friday. Saturday we did three shows. And the 6 o'clock show was maybe like 15, maybe like maybe 10 people there. But being in New York, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy seeing growth in front of you. Like being like, you know, you're when you're like, when you're like, I don't know if anyone's taught kindergarten before. Like with kindergarten, you see the growth immediately when someone, a child gets it and everything else is like, boom, oh, they're learning, right? At stand-up, this pandemic has taught me how to host better because you're barking people in a park. Me and Matthew, you know, as much as I, you know, I get down on them, but it's like our hosting skills are amazing, and I could definitely host by myself. So this dude named Wally, Wally's his first time hosting as a comedian and all. Just a young, young old head. He's 39, but, it's, you know, he's been doing stand-up that long. So he goes, it's my first time ever hosting, right? And when you're hosting, like BT, when I was hosting, when I, I remember my first time hosting, BT pulled me to the side and goes, uh, try to switch up your set. You don't have to do the same jokes over and over again. Try to switch up your set. Some of these people are repeat customers. And when I was young, I didn't understand it, but as I got older, I understood what he said. Sometimes when you're doing stand-up as a host, it's good to break off of the kill switch and get off of autopilot and just steer the plane and get to know the crowd. So Wally just, he's doing, he's on airplane mode, which is good because he's a young comic and I would do that as well because, you know, it takes a while to get chops, you know? And he, you know, he's, he's getting better. He's, he's, you know, he's starting out, you know, he's not, you know, he hasn't been doing it that long. But for me, I noticed that what he did, so I was like, oh, when I go on feature, there's only eight people there, eight people there. Actually, it's one of the funnest shows was to talk to the crowd, crowd work. 
Then all my sets, I started out doing crowd work, talking to the crowd, everything else. And, like, more people start buying in. Like, wow, because when I first started doing stand-up, I hated crowd work. Because I'm like, why am I talking to the crowd? These are my jokes. They shouldn't deter my jokes. But now I'm just like, it's easy because I can bounce it off of my stuff, me and being in the park, talking to somebody, trying to get to know someone, making them feel welcome, bouncing things off of ideas. I'm like, oh, wow, where are you from? Questions, you know? So it was good. I worked on jokes I wanted to work on. My boy Cam came to that show. I met his girl, just an amazing girl. It's just dope having, seeing a friend, like being taken care of. Cam, he recently, you know, he lost his brother uh, a year ago and having a girl that loves him and that doesn't want, you know, what he's accomplished in stand-up but just wants his soul. So we're kicking it Saturday and he gives me a wonderful gift, man. He's he's a, he's he's such a, he's my friend, but uh, just knows how to tug on your heart. And then uh, 8 o'clock show, dope show. And then Steve Burns pulls up. Man, Steve Burns. Let me tell you something, Steve Burns. Steve Burns is a stand-up comedian. Uh, I think he's Japanese and white or Japanese. But he, um, no, he's mixed or something. Steve Burns, one of the old the comics that have just beat the pavement seller, comedy store. He had his own show called Sullivan and Son. And I remember in college, I was maybe 18, 18 or 19. He does a stand-up show in college and destroys his college. Destroys it. Destroys East Carolina. Like, imagine being 30-something, 34, 34 or whatever, and you're doing a college show, and he's doing this college crowd, and he freaking destroyed it. He destroys the whole crowd. And, you know, he's done so many shows, he probably doesn't even remember it, but I was just like, I was like, dapped him up, yo, you know, you're the beast, and he just happens to be in Tampa right now. So all these comedians are just in Tampa. So that show, then a 10 o'clock show, it was good, and the Sunday show was really well. Sunday show, I went, I noticed something about Tampa comics, and I know being in Tampa, it's just everybody's trained to go here. Everyone's ready to fight. Everyone's, I don't know what's up with this water, but we are. So I got a real film, a film crew happening, just a film recording my Sunday set. I wrote down jokes that I really want to perform so I can just upload and just have clips ready instead of just doing my regular set. I want to do, like, bits that I don't usually do in New York, that I do in New York, but I just re- I rather have them filmed professionally. So the guy in the booth, so I'm f- oh my God, I almost broke his freaking face too. I was like, hey man, light me at 21, okay? This freaking idiot forgot to hit the watch and lit me at 12 minutes. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing 20, I'm doing 30 minutes. Like, why would you light me? And he keeps double lighting me and stuff like that. And I'm looking down at my phone I'm like, this is not accurate. So it's distracting a little bit when someone keeps flicking our light and like trying to, you know, you're trying to be respectful. I get off the stage and I'm like, hey, do you know what light I was at? And he goes, I let you, you did 30 minutes. I said, look down at my phone. I said, what do you see? So I, was, <laughs> I was like, don't laugh at me because it's not funny, man. I could have hurt you. I could have freaking went back in this booth and broke your freaking teeth. And then I had to say, God, man, relax, share. You should not go this. <laughs> I don't know what. It's like when I get back in Tampa, man, I am just, I am just, I just remember just the, the struggle to come up and the respect that you build and we're just always just, but now it's like you know what I had to apologize, my bad man. I was, uh, you know, I was just trying to film something, and uh, you know you really effed it up and whatever. Okay, yeah, all right, but it, it like so Sunday show goes well. Uh, the open mic is at eight o'clock. BT, that's the owner of Side Splitters now. It used to be Bobby, now it's BT. He goes, Jerry, you stand for the open mic? You gonna do it? I said, F yeah, I'll stay, man. I'll stay. I'll get on, man. I. I came up this way, and I'm telling Wally, I was like, hey, you got to stay for the open mic, man. Just can't host, man. Once you host, you can bump the list, man. You got to you gotta put this time in. So I see Rio. I see Cam. 
and all these other comics. I remember when they were babies. Now they're like young. Now they're like you know they're all elder statesmen in the game. Uh, freaking Law Smith. I'm jabbing it out with Law Smith, and uh, Wayne David Wayne goes. I feel like I'm a kid all over again watching you, Cam and Rio, just sitting there holding court. I was like freaking Jonas calls, and I'm like, yo, Jonas. We all Facetime Jonas, and BT's like, man, how could his head get inside the screen? And I'm sitting there, we're having a good time, we're talking about comedy, where stand-up is going. And then I just feel that cold presence over me saying, like, it's fun, but you know where you got to be, Jared Waters. Like, you know what it is. It's fun being in Tampa, it was good, but you know where your head is at, you know? It's like it's like playing Sonic the Hedgehog too. Like, you know how it ends, but you play it because it's fun, right? It's fun, you enjoy it. But at the same time, you know, there's a new Sonic and you got to go after that doctor. You know, you got to do after that. And it was just dope talking to people, seeing how you can elevate in Tampa. There's nothing about me personally. My growth in Tampa is done. But for other people, you can still grow different ways in Tampa. Like Cam is freaking killing Rio. They're doing all good stuff. And BT, the owner of Side Splitters, got another Side Splitters. They have this freaking massive new Side Splitters in Wesley Chapel. I'm like, freak. He goes, yeah, we're moving. We're freaking moving. We're doing it. So it's just dope. Just dope seeing people, and uh, so then Monday, I'm about to fly out tonight, but Monday was really well. We have Trinity Day Comedy coming up this Wednesday, uh, and Astoria Park again. Who knows if Matthew will show up? Who knows, but I got other people showing up for him. So it was good. I ran into my boy Paris Mack. Paris Mack is, uh, we went to high school together. We've been knowing each other like 19, 19 years. We've been knowing each other 19 years, and I think I left my podcast, some of my podcast equipment over there. I got to go back over there and get it, but... uh. We sat there, we did a podcast together, man, and we talked for maybe three hours. And we're going to chop it down. We're going to chop it down, but it's crazy how unique we are and how much similar attributes we have. And, you know, he's, I, I'm not even going to spoil the story, but it was just a dope seeing him. Uh, so then me, my, my lady, my brother, his wife, my sister, and we all just been sitting here and just playing with the baby, playing with the baby. I'm freaking working, working through Zoom. <laughs> working through Zoom, but I needed this. I really needed this. I know this pandemic has taught me that I always gotta take time to recharge the batteries, take time to think, reflect, take time to set aside three hours out of my day or four hours out of my day to call somebody, tell them that I love them, tell them that I miss them, make them laugh and stuff like that, or check in with somebody, text somebody, that's what it did. So when I got here, I was like, you know what? All right, I'm not going to worry about New York right now. I know I get back. I know I'm flying in tonight, so I'm going to go ahead. COVID test, bam. Next you know it, pedal to the metal. But take that time to reflect. Uh, it's a short podcast, but my goal was of 2020 was to record 100 episodes, right? I started this podcast in February. Uh, right now, this is 75, episode 75. I think maybe we can get to 80-something, maybe not. Oh, we can definitely get to 80. We can get to 90 my goal was to get to 100. That was my goal for 2020. But, you know, things happen. Things do happen. And I got a lot of goals. We're going to go over my goals at the end of the year, what I accomplished and what I didn't accomplish by 2020. Uh, if Yes, uh, be prepared. Uh, I'm going to be dropping some stand-up clips. A lot of people have been asking me, like, why don't you drop stand-up clips and everything else? I'm going to drop those. A lot of people have been asking me about the people on the podcast. And trust me, I've emailed everyone, and I've told them to – Tell me what their response is of listening to the podcast. I think I'm going to do like a, where are they now? And I, you know, hit them up. And it's like, how did you feel about the podcast? Da, 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 da. You know, that's what we're going to probably do there. 
we're gonna get those one tree hill episodes going i know most of this like a thousand a couple thousand i don't know how i, I don't know the numbers i got the producers of this podcast how many people listen to one tree hill a lot of you guys came from one tree hill we're gonna definitely pump those out we're gonna drop that out uh friday we're gonna get some of these interviews popping and we're gonna keep going shoot i might drop five casts five pod episodes in one week i don't know we we're at episode 20 which is episode 75 ladies and gentlemen and my goal was to get to 100 was to get to 100 so let's see 100 100 minus 75 that's 25 episodes oh five a week i could oh no okay it's four weeks five ten fifteen twenty twenty five oh, i would have uh, i don't know well we'll see what we can do we'll see how close we can get to 100 but if not 2021 is going to definitely get 100 and you know we're not going to rush the process this podcast is a time capsule of me a time capsule of you a time capsule of thoughts a time capsule of everything so shout out to my grandkids that ain't even here yet shout out to my great great grandkids that don't even know who i am but you're gonna know you and when you listen to this podcast and shout out to anybody else who's who's either been hit by this pandemic or you're thinking about contacting somebody that you haven't contacted in a while. Freaking do it. Call somebody. Tell them you love them. Tell them you miss them. And do it ASAP. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Waters. This is the Woody's Roundup. We're wrapping up the week. Uh, have a wonderful week. Wear a jacket if you got a jacket. If you're in Florida, <laughs> whatever. Uh, not whatever, but y'all don't need jackets. Uh, my name is Jerry Waters, two-time wrestling champ. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a little bit of hill. Uh, to my man, Roland Doja, please take us out with the theme song. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And then she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.